and welcome back to the Trust Your Gut Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Devitt, and with me are my two favorite co-hosts on planet Earth, Sterling Carroll and Luke Beer. How are we doing, guys? Um, I'm doing pretty fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, it is officially week zero of college football, and I would be lying if I didn't say how excited I was to see some incredible, incredible showdowns this weekend. Oh, yeah. I'm fucking pumped. We got seven games on Saturday. We're fully Seven back. heaters. Ready. I wouldn't go that far to declare them heaters. Uh, it is still week zero. All they're heaters. Not, I mean, they're just enough to get my, my like, be quit. Like, I mean, football's back. Like, that. that's the bottom line. Football is back. And I'm excited to be able to talk about it with you guys again um, and do a little bit of our impressions on where we think uh, Vegas might be overstepping some boundaries. Uh, Maybe they overlooked a couple of these uh, shitty games and maybe we have some leans in the return of our fast forward. Uh, Yeah, I'm just going to say right off the jump, Vegas does not truly appreciate the uh, absolutely two Titan matchup between UMass and New Mexico state going down this Saturday night. Um, they don't know what the hell's about to hit them. We got, I mean, FIU, Louisiana tech, oh, bro. seven games, seven bangers. It's going to be a good one. Football is so back. So back. Bro. So back. <laughs> oh my God. Um, well, great. I think that's a, a great segue just uh, to kick things off. We're, we're going to be covering, um, obviously, the, the week zero. There are seven matchups. We're each uh, taking four against the spread. And just like last season, we'll uh, keep track of our record throughout the year and see how we do against um, Vegas by year's end. Uh, generally, I like to go three and one just to play things safe, do a little uh, round robin action and just win a little bit of money normally a three in one week i'm pretty proud of every now and then i'll, I'll uh, we we pop off with a, a four and oh from one of one of us um and try to keep those ugly weeks at a minimum um but who knows this week because there's not a whole lot of stats to go off of and a lot of these are just a lot of vengeance picks but i mean that's what betting is a lot of the time so We'll go into it. Uh, Beer, do you want to start us off with our first official uh, fast four play of the 2024 college fo- or football season? 2023-2024. I would season. not. I don't know if I've ever been honored with a greater task in my life. And just to refresh our faithful listeners, um, my record last season for college football was 14-16-2. and two. So I am attempting to go positive this season and try not to look like a fucking idiot. Um, so to begin with the be fast four for this beautiful seven-game powerhouse slate, I will be rocking with the University of Notre Dame taking on the Navy Midshipmen in beautiful Ireland this Saturday morning. I have Notre Dame at minus 20 and a half, which is quite the colossal spread, but Last year when they faced off, Notre Dame won 35-32. And that's kind of, you know, treacherous waters. That's nowhere damn near close to 21 points. But you got to remember they brought in Sam Hartman this year, the quarterback from Wake Forest, and is dude set a bunch of passing records at Wake Forest and stats-wise is top QB in college football right now. Um, so... You know, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, Navy's going to bring one of America's most beautiful gifts over to Ireland, that being the triple option. And it's going to be it's it's going to be quite a game. And I have faith in the Irish. I think they got to come out and make a statement here because, like we talked about in the previous episode, Notre Dame just kind of ends up in the top 10, 15 AP poll every season. And, you know, last season they shit the bed in some games, and, you know, it's, it's Notre Dame. Um, but I have a lot of confidence in this team. I think they're going to be able to – stop Navy with the triple option and keep them at bay. And I think this new look Irish offense is going to put on quite a show over there for the actual Irish. Well said. Yeah, I got a, I got Notre Dame too. They're going to be kicking ass. Um, I'm really hoping it's 21 points they win by, but uh, I just have this little 
just a little bit of skepticism here. Um, but yeah, I'm riding it. Either way, it's going to be a great game. Uh, beautiful place to play, number one. But um, yeah, Notre Dame all the way. Let's go. Uh, just to put you guys at ease, um, since for our faithful listeners, if you know, if we ever do a squad ride uh, here at TYG, it's pretty much guaranteed to miss. Uh, so you guys are welcome for my first official play of this 2023-2024 season. Um, I'm taking uh, the other side of this. I think Navy uh, keeps things close at plus 21. Um, like Beer said, last uh, last year's matchup kept things very close. Um, the only thing that's keeping me um, a little scared for this matchup in particular is the new quarterback play from Notre Dame. Um, from what I've heard, uh, he's pretty impressive. Um, I believe former Bama guy, if I'm correct, I believe he was a former Bama tra- uh, transfer. Um, could be completely wrong. Um, but there, uh, he's, uh, he's a stud. Um, however, um, I like the points here primarily on the aspect that Navy plays a much slower brand of football. So I think that they have the, the ability to, to keep things a little bit closer, a little bit tighter. Um, and especially since it's week zero, uh, rust, uh, rust is going to be a part of the equation. Um, and it might be a little bit uglier football than it would look like in week eight or nine, uh, with Notre Dame humming. Um, so I think Navy can keep things a little bit more, uh, a little dirty, a uh, little ground and pound, uh, eat up some clock, keep things close come the fourth quarter and, I'll take 21 points. seems like a lot, but uh, obviously in, in college, the points aren't as drastic because they can, as we know, they can get, these games can get run up very quickly. Sure. Um, I will say I was hesitant as much as I'm big Irish bias guy growing up an Irish fan. 20 and a half was where I got them. And currently on DraftKings, they're at 21. If it was at 21 or you buy half a point up to 21 half, then I'd probably lead Navy because that's a lot of points, especially to be covering in, you know, neutral arena. And like you said, Navy plays a slower uh, style of football. We haven't seen Sam Hartman yet. I got a lot of faith in him. So maybe that's mostly my bias talking, but he, they're sitting at 21 right now. So if you can get him at 20 and a half, I'd lean Irish. If it's 21 or 21 and a half, I'd lean Navy. Can you remind me if Sam Hartman was a Bama transfer or did I just completely make that up? Um, if I'm, if I remember correctly, he's a Wake Forest. Wake transfer. Forest. That's where he was from. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I apologize. It's okay. There's a lot of dudes transferring now. Yeah. It's crazy. hard to keep track some of those times. Um, all right. So we'll move on to number two. Uh, my number two pick for this fast four. I got New Mexico State at minus six and a half against UMass. Um, last season, New Mexico State won by 10 in Massachusetts, and UMass has gone one and 11 in their last three seasons, excluding the COVID season. And I mean, yeah, it's basically just a grudge pick. That's all the stats I really got on it. They beat them last year by 10 in Massachusetts. Now they're playing this year at New Mexico State. New Mexico State would have covered the spread last year. UMass is not a good team. To me, it just makes sense. Um, right now, they are at minus seven. I'd still take them at seven. Um, but yeah, I'm leaning New Mexico State over uh, UMass in this one. Yeah, I honestly had this one not under my radar at all. I know shit about fuck about this game. But um, yeah, I, I if I'm going to lean one, what the hell is a UMass in football? Let's go New Mexico State. That's just I'm taking your side, beer. I think that's a good pick. That sound logic to me, bro. Yep, very logical. Um, I'm with you, beer. Uh, didn't throw this one on my fast four for the sole reason that uh, 72 percent of the public was on New Mexico State from what I had gathered uh, in my research beforehand. Um. And when a public is that heavily um, on a team um, that I would like in this particular matchup uh, with 
zero, uh, little to no uh, stats helping them. Um, I don't love it. Uh, it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable uh, wanting to go with New Mexico State. Um, I, I'm not a big public guy, uh, especially when it comes to Vegas. I think Vegas knows what they're doing most of the time. Um, so that definitely scared me and kept me away from me putting it in my fast four. But hey, good luck to you, my brother. Hey, man, we got to make some reaches this week, and this is the most comfortable reach. Any I can angle find. you can find this week is is sharp. It's Any sharp. Angle. Like there's not a whole lot to go off of. So I mean, it's sharp. Yep. Love it. Uh, Sterling, uh, what did you have for your uh, second matchup if you weren't on this game then? Yeah, yeah. So I have UTEP against Jacksonville State. Um, I I don't know how the how the program looks after Dion for Jacksonville State. Um, this will be a good eye opener for all of us if they if they play their asses off. But UTEP has always been uh, well respected, at least in their conference. They seem to do well every single season. Um, and they, they always give, at, at least for us, who've seen them quite a, quite a few, ten, quite a few times playing ASU is that they always put up somewhat of a fight. So, uh, don't know much on the stats part with these guys, but I'm going to swing for that one and a half, um, their favorites right now. You're on Jacksonville state. Oh, you from tell. what I saw, it was the other way around. Uh, from where I was getting the points, I got confused there for a second. I had UTEP favored by a point. Oh, it must have swinged because right now it's on FanDuel at least. It's uh, they're favored one and a half. So I mean, it, it's neck. And it's neck essentially right a pick'em. It's it's basically yeah. a pick'em. Yeah. Yeah, on a DraftKings, they're Jacksonville State's plus one and a half. Um, so. You know, it depends on which book you use if you bet, because, again, this isn't betting advice. But, you know, it's like I said, it's Jacksonville State's first game as a Division One school, and UTEP is proven themselves um, in previous seasons. They've been, you know, it's Texas football. They, you know, they're not a, they're a force to be reckoned with, and I think UTEP is the right side to be on this. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. The, the whole factor of – first division one matchup and you don't have Dion any uh, anymore, which is what took that program into prominence. Um, don't love it. Um, even though UTEP isn't, you know, a blue blood by any means. Um, you know, Shadur's not there anymore. Dion's not there anymore. And that's, you know, a big part of why their program was successful at Jacksonville state. Uh, so I personally stayed away from that matchup. Um, I, I couldn't find an uh, f- find an angle in that, especially when it was that close with the spread. So Vegas knows something, and I just didn't know what it was. It's always correct. They always know. They're they got they're, they're working something. I, I something fierce over there. I, I I wish I wish I knew. Um, interesting. I didn't. I didn't. I honestly didn't think that we were going to cover all seven games. But since I wasn't on that matchup might look like we might cover all uh, all seven uh, of where we where we think we stand uh which is great um my neck uh, my second pick um of my fast four uh where I was kind of uh sitting was um I loved them last year uh took them quite a few times uh in my fast four uh, strictly because I developed a policy of taking one massive favorite uh because it's really fun to watch that spread. Um, it's just really entertaining, uh, to pick, uh, a spread. And I wasn't, uh, the best, uh, against the spread in college. I was much better than the NFL, but I think I'm taking the former Heisman and USC minus 30 and a half against SJSU. Um, San Jose state, not a great, um, uh, program, uh, in particular, um, uh, not a huge fan of them. Um, I can very easily seeing this um, in a situation where USC is up forty-five nothing at half um, or forty-five-seven at half, and just like taking off the brakes from there uh, and then sweating it out the rest of the way. Um, 
I think they'll they'll put up a lot of points real quick. Uh, Caleb with the lo- uh, Caleb with the long ball on his legs um, gets it done. Um, I think USC wins by thirty five. That's actually my third nice. pick here. Um, <laughs> Devil's advocate. I'm taking San Jose State it, because it's so high of a spread. I I don't know. I just I just want to do it just cause see where we're at. If I get the other three right, sweet. There's always a three one here. Um, if if that's the case, I know nothing about San Jose State. I'm just doing it for the sole purpose. I don't think they're gonna USC is gonna beat them by thirty one. I I just don't see it happening. But you can be completely right and say forty five zero at half, and I'd be like. All right, yeah, it makes sense. But I I just find it so difficult, especially in week zero, like I said with the Navy uh, situation. It's hard to take a, a favorite with that many points. Um, but if I'm betting on a offense in this country uh, to, to cover, uh, I think it would be USC. Um, so I'm rocking with them. My... Uh input on this is I'm actually riding with Sterling um, in this matchup and my reasoning is based on stats from last season Um, USC's defense last season was 108th in college football against the pass and 112th versus really really bad typical really bad defense Um, I know they brought in a bunch of guys and maybe this will change around a little bit, but I feel like 30 and a half is a lot. Like I said, like Sterling said, if USC wins by 35, 40, I'm not going to be mad. I mean, it's kind of, it's a shot in the dark here. Um, but yeah, their defense was bad last season. San, San Jose States was not much better. Um, I think logic on both your sides is valid. Uh, but for me, that's my third pick. I'm riding with San Jose State with a 30 and a half. Um, Definitely a good point to mention uh, with where USC ranks uh, in their defense. That's extremely typical Lincoln Riley. Um, however, it is they're still they still are playing San Jose State. Let's uh, I mean it's it's tough. Um, the <laughs> it's really hard to take San Jose State in this uh, in this spot. Um, the the favor uh, I I believe the the public was also with USC. Um, on this, I wasn't sure where the where the sharks were uh, with their money um, in this matchup, but I, I mean, San Jose State was six and four last year and three and seven against the spread. Like I like I find it really difficult for them to put up enough points to keep pace with USC at all. I mean they they I mean they could because it's week zero, but whoo wee! I mean that's gonna be tough. Like they barely beat Hawaii last year, like twenty seven fourteen, and Hawaii was one literally yeah, one of the worst bad. teams in the country, like by a mile. I hate Hawaii <laughs> like with a passion. Yep. Um, and they barely beat them. Yes, like, you do. So uh, I I don't see like good good luck to you guys. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't see it happening. I think this is a perfect time. It's, it's it's a, a perfect time for Caleb to start stat padding for his his back to back Heisman campaign. Absolutely, it could definitely happen. But like I said, thirty and a half is a hell of a lot of points, and I mean it's you know it's just going to be interesting to see if uh, Lincoln Riley has been able to make their defense a little better because, like I said last year, they sucked, and maybe they won't this year. Who knows? But yeah, it's a perfect opportunity for Caleb Williams to you know grab San Jose State by the balls here and just, you know, show the country he won that Heisman for a reason. Um, I would be curious if you guys can check for me. Um, if there is a line um, with how many touchdowns uh, Caleb Williams would throw in this game. Um, just curious if if FanDuel or DraftKings offers um, any of that for individual uh, college players um, at this point. Um, if so, if it's like at three and a half, I'd consider taking the over just because I think they're going to put up a shit ton of points in the first half. And that first half uh, total over so, is probably uh, some smart money in this game as well. 
So nothing for FanDuel for uh, individual mm-hmm. plays, but I know I know that the Midwest does right. individual. So if anybody's listening from the Midwest, that's a something to dabble sure. into right there. But that first half, that first half, uh, first half spread is sixteen and a half USC. Yeah, that's looking a little promising. Yeah, first half spread might be the way to go if. I'd go USC. That's 16 and a half sounds nice for a first half. For sure. That would, that, yep. that sounds tasty. Cause I just, I, I just have a picture in my head of Caleb putting it on him and then getting pulled in like the, the second half of play because it's out of, out of hand. Well, I know you touched on Hawaii yep. just a little bit, but I don't want to get into my fourth uh-huh. pick just yet. I believe you still have three, right? That uh, I believe right. that was my second pick. Yes. Um, I'll, we'll use that as a segue because that was the game that I was going with uh, my third pick. Um, and like we said, uh, week zero, you're trying to find any angle you can possible um, to take a pick. So strictly grudge pick, I'm taking Vanderbilt minus 17 and a half versus Hawaii. Uh, fuck Hawaii. Um, it's tough for Maui for burn, burning down. Uh, shout. I mean, like it really sucks for them. But I so mean, their, their football Damn. franchise still sucks out there. They do not run a good program. Um, I I I wish them the best in their recovery out there in Maui. Um, but good lord, their football program stinks, and they have to fly all the way to uh, to Nashville to play Vanderbilt. Um, in week zero, I don't think they're going to be ready. Um, I would cash Vanderbilt minus 17 and a half in a heartbeat. Um, then Hawaii is an embarrassment of a college football program. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I was going to – I just wanted to bring it up just to hear this. I have this such a grudge with Hawaii. Like, right I mean, I, I, I feel bad talking so much shit since their state is on fire. But, I mean – their football program is ice cold. So, I mean, I feel like I could throw some shots. Yeah, that's fair. They're, they're definitely cheeks. Um, I'm taking 17 and a half easily. Vandy stinks as well. Let's go. Fucking put the, put the works. They're going to put the works on when these in boys. Doubt, these bet on the Warriors, SEC. So. It's honestly my favorite. It's a lot. I think that honestly, that might be the best. You know, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, boys. I uh I hate no, to do this. No, don't do but, it. Uh, we got a squad no! on our hands. <laughs> no. Um, Dude, Hawaii's gonna, that was my Hawaii's fourth. Hawaii's gonna win outright now, bro. And my again, they are ass. And last season, Vanderbilt flew out to Hawaii to play Hawaii, and they won sixty three. Exactly. Hawaii is embarrassing. You, they're, they're, that's it's an angle. And I know it's a squad ride, and you know we we're not we've only maybe hit one squad ride in the history of this podcast. One, but make it two. Let's let's try and make this one two. I mean, there's no way you can't take Vanderbilt. If if we're gonna make it two with a squad ride, it would be fading Hawaii. Um, so I mean, hey, let's let's go for it. That cash cow has to keep paying out because Colorado was one of my four that I hated last year, and now that they look, you know much better Uh, they're not a lock to fade every week anymore so hopefully hawaii keeps up being terrible (laughs) we can only hope we gotta check those we gotta check where uh the books are at who's heavy on let's see the percentage of who's on vandy um i think they could break that i think most of the from what i saw most of the country was on vanderbilt for this game um However, the it, the only lopsided of the seven uh, with the public was that uh, New Mexico State pick. Um, from what I see, sixty one percent of the uh, the spread is on Vanderbilt, so not ridiculous. But obviously, other people see that angle too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it's safe to say Vandy's got this one in the bag. Let's make it two, make it boys. Two. Quest for the second hit yeah. on a squad ride. God, Hawaii stinks. Let's go for it. 
So. <laughs> um, all right. So you guys, uh, that was your complete uh, four, correct? Yep. Correct. Great. Um, so I just have my last of my fast four. Um, and also a vibes pick. Um, I'm rocking with San Diego state minus two and a half against Ohio. Um, I mean, I, I, I kind of had to, um, I texted my brother before, uh, this, um, this pod and I was like, Hey, what's the play? And he goes, roll text. I'm I'm like, all right, I'm in. That's all I needed to hear. (laughs) All I needed was a roll text home opener down at Snapdragon. It's going to be hot. The, the atmosphere around campus in San Diego state is at an all time high, especially after their tournament run last year. Uh, Students love their football uh, program. As much as they love their basketball program, I think that they're going to come out in droves for the home opener. Um, they might be gone at halftime because they get hot and they drop quick, uh, just like they do at ASU. But I think it's going to be a pretty electric, and I think that they can cover two and a half against fucking Ohio. So roll Mountain West. Roll Tex. Hey, if there's a side to be on, it's San Diego State. I mean, I, I personally looked at this game pretty heavy, and I couldn't do it just because I'm a big Maction guy, and I know that Ohio's one of, if not the best, in the Mac. So it's, you know, it's a tough place to put them in, but if there's a side, it's the San Diego State two and a half. It for seemed sure. like a trap when I was looking at it because I was like two and a half at home uh, against a Mac team like that seems tough. Um, smart money is probably on Ohio to be completely honest, but I mean, it's going to be hot. It's the home opener. I feel like all those like external factors, like lean San Diego state. Um, and I think that's what probably Vegas was thinking. Um, so I don't know, even, even if the hurricane hurricane Hillary was rolling through, I don't think that stops San Diego State. So I'm rolling, I'm rolling with the tax. Yeah, fuck Hillary. Yeah, roll tax, baby. I like it. I like the pick. I agree with everything you, you just said. It's a vibes pick. Two, vi- two out of the four were vibes picks, and we're hopefully we go three and one. And most definitely, hopefully, we get the second squad right against Hawaii. I cannot state this enough. That program sucks. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see who we're, I just want to see who's going to be alongside Hawaii and who we fucking hate this year. Just never again. Uh, for for or, the listeners, um, I I had a, gr- a a gripe with Hawaii last year, and along with that program, there were three others, and that was Colorado State, Colorado, um, and Iowa. I hated I hated those Iowa. four teams with a burning passion. Uh, mostly because their offenses could never do anything and they were just cash against the spread and a lot of the time the unders if they were playing. Um, also a bad uh, program. Um, so hopefully we find some other gripes. Um, the the well of Hawaii I don't think ever dries up um, even though they're on fire. Um, that well That well will save the island of Maui for how terrible the franchise is. This podcast is going to get shit. Dude, I'm ta- dude. I'm going to talk as much <laughs> I'm going to talk canceled. as much shit against Hawaii as possible. I want them to cancel me. <laughs> Shout out Marcus Mariota. Oh my god. <laughs> I had to throw the yeah, shout out real we, quick. We love the Hawaiians. We hate the program. I hope Hawaii can get behind that. I'm going to make a donation to the Maui Relief Fund. I think they can. Yeah, yeah, that's good. good. We talked talked a lot of shit. I'll throw, throw, okay, how about this? Whatever earnings I win uh, from this round robin of this uh, this week, um, from this week's uh, wager, I donate to the Maui Relief Fund. So if I go to... So if, very so if I go two it. and two, because Maui, uh, because Hawaii uh, doesn't uh, does like decides to cover, 
I mean, it's their own fault that they're not getting my money. <laughs> you know, you're, you're I, a gracious I do, God. I do it for the people. <laughs> I do it for the for all the people out there across the pond. Good for you, dude. I'll, I'll make. Uh-huh. On a side note, I want to see if there's a there's a way we can come up with some sort of prize for having the best record for college football this year, just amongst us three. I think that would be cool, or or a punishment, some mm. some something to play for. Here. Um, we can def we can definitely talk, Thoughts. but I hope we do something with the NFL too because uh, your boy was twenty two fourteen and like oh, three absolutely. in the NFL season last year. I was kind of I was kind of hot in the fast forward with the NFL. I was not I was not as good with the the with college football. I think I was below five hundred as well, like with beer, but. But I, I, I stress college football because yeah, it's so it's unpredictable tough. a lot of the times. And it's just like it's a huge yeah. gamble here, which will make our yes. our time fun. It's already fun, but more incentives. I I'll, I'll I'll we'll brainstorm exactly. and and bring that back to the people if we can come up with a a little trophy or a punishment for the for how these predictions go off. Um Let's quickly run through uh, who we each have for these fast four, and then we'll get into the NFL headlines and maybe talk a little bit about fantasy. Uh, Beer, do you want to run through quickly your four? Uh, yeah, so I have Notre Dame minus 20.5 versus Navy, New Mexico State minus 6.5 versus UMass, Vanderbilt minus 17.5 versus Hawaii on the whoop, whoop. Hawaii bandwagon. And San Jose State plus 30 and a half versus Sterling. USC. Yeah, I got the Irish uh, minus 20 and a half, UTEP minus one and a half. And then I have Vandy minus 17 and a half, and San Jose State Great. plus 30. Um, I have Navy plus 21 and a, 21 and a uh, just 21. Uh, I don't know if it was 20 and a half or 21 with your books, but I got 21. Um, USC minus 30 and a half, uh, SDSU minus two and a half and Vanderbilt minus 17 and a half. Fuck Hawaii. Here we go, boys. Let's uh, kick off a great season with some four and O's. Actually, we can't all go four and four and O three and go four and O the most importantly, Hawaii needs to not cover against Vanderbilt. And then we'll, then we'll be happy. That's what needs to happen. If I'm running three and, uh, and Hawaii doesn't cover. I think that's the best outcome. Like if that was like my one win, like they don't get I any agree. money from my round robin, and uh, and they didn't cover, that'd be hilarious. That would be the 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 most ironic of the outcomes. <laughs> um, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out on Saturday. I'm very excited <laughs> for how Saturday now can't. plays out because of this. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just. Can't believe I'm going to watch it. I mean, it's going to be great. We're going to watch Vanderbilt Hawaii football, two of the the worst programs in the country, just because I have this big of a gripe with Hawaii. Uh, Hey, man, there's two gridiron giants going at it. SEC Titan and Mountain West (laughs) Goliath clashing down at Nashville. Boy's going to hit Broadway after that. Catch Livy Dunn. Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> um, alrighty. <laughs> Do you guys want to then uh, segue into some NFL headlines? Let's talk about the professional league. I'm of glad football. you're excited because uh, the biggest headline revolves around your team, there, bud. You're gonna go at my throat right out the gate, huh? What, what What are you doing with Jonathan Taylor, man? What's going on? I mean, latest headlines are there's no shot and shit. He comes back to Indy, and if he does, it's going to not be good. Apparently, the relationship's shot as is. They've had they had a trade re- uh, request, or uh, yeah, a trade request from Miami today that they turned down, but Denied. they're still actively negotiating. And you know, it's I don't know, man. It's it, it really sucks because, like I said, I'm really fucking mad about the whole thing. I just got my Jonathan Taylor jersey and that big. Jonathan Taylor signed picture of his five touchdown game against Buffalo. And I was like, man, this is going to be so sweet for next season. 
he's not even going to fucking play for Indy this season. And I, I don't know. It's, it was a mishandled situation and I'm just, I'm honestly upset about it. Um, Indy doesn't really have a running back now. I mean, they've got Deion Jackson and Kenyon Drake and that's, and then some guy, some rookie with the last name Hill that I don't really know much about. So it's just kind of up in the air. Indy's, you know, a shit show of a, of a program once again. And it's going to be another year of who knows what. But uh, I watched some of the preseason game of Indy against Philly tonight. Uh, Anthony Richardson's looking good. I mean, he his first touchdown, he went into the end zone and hit the Fly Eagles fly on the entire stadium, and they were fucking pissed. And that just made me love this guy for the balls he's got on him for doing that. Um I mean, I'm excited for him, but Jonathan Taylor is very much a sore spot, and it's going to make me sad. Yeah, at least there is that upside that Anthony Richardson <laughs> has some swag. So that, that's good. Yeah, It helps. It makes me optimistic. Yeah, so, I, I mean, first of all, typical, typical Colts move. Yep. Um, but, yeah, as far as where the hell he goes – I don't see him playing a snap for Indy at all. Um, this is pretty obvious. Landing spots, it's tough. You just have a lot of teams who are trying a new running back now and feel good with that, and other teams who are trying to force maybe a big-time running back, like the Jets picking up Dalvin Cook. Did they need it? No. They just forced it. Um, it could be good for them. But I, I can see maybe another – um AFC East team doing that like say the Dolphins but um, there's also rumors on the Dolphins not being too interested now so it's really all up in the air we'll see how things go and if he even gets picked up before week one um, it's going to be something that's going to be on all of our radars he is a dog um totally agree um I, I, I'm pretty sure it was on Rich Eisen this morning that I, I saw um, the take, uh, which made the most sense to me in the world. Um, Rich Eisen put it very simply that the Colts are dysfunctional for the reason of uh, their strategy for this, um, for this negotiation um, of sorts. That's that using that word very lightly. Um, was all right Jonathan Taylor you want to get paid um we're not trading you and he goes okay I'm sitting out um until you pay me fine we're not trading you until the deadline they decide to go back on that uh entirely um and decide all right fine uh go ahead find a market of your own uh, if you if you want to get traded that's fine he said great I'll go uh, I'll go there's plenty of suitors who want a 24-year-old running back still in his prime um, who looked great in his rookie year, uh, had a, a bit of a down year last year, not not his fault. Um, but the caveat of the Colts then wanting a first-round pick in return for him on top of, then, uh, of having to trade and sign Jonathan Taylor is ridiculous because that's valuing your, your running back at an extremely high price point that he just wants to get paid at already. So the negotiation and wanting him to find his own market for a first round pick when he just wants to be paid like a first round pick running back makes little to zero sense um, from that uh, Colts front office. Um, Not a good move as a franchise looks poor. Um, And now Jonathan Taylor is out in training camp just to basically prove that He's still healthy, and teams like the Chicago Bears should go out and trade for him. I personally think that's the best landing spot for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, not it wouldn't be a terrible move for them to go after it. Um, it's just more of what are the Bears willing to give up for him? You know, the so, that's that's really it. The, um. I was just going to say that the the Bears makes the most sense um, for the aspect that they have a shit ton of picks still, and they have uh, 
plenty of capital um, to spend still in free agency. Um, but like you were saying, um, adding a superstar running back is normally the cherry on the pie. Um, or like when you're building a, a, a team, um, it's not the, the cornerstone of most Super Bowl offenses, especially like when uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were in the hunt for a superstar running back because that's what they thought their last missing piece was uh, last year. And they ended up not signing one and winning the Super Bowl anyways and just have a guy in Isaiah Pacheco who runs like a truck um, just pan out for them anyways. So it's really hard to then give up a first-round draft pick and pay the superstar running back that much. Um, Just seems a a little bit unfair since they have the capital um, and they're now asking for a first-round pick and for someone else to pay them. That's just a lot of ask. Uh, especially in this market. Yeah, I mean, that's classic Jim Irsay move. I mean, he didn't said he didn't want to trade him anyways, and now they're asking for a super high price that they know maybe one team is going to come close to matching just because they don't want to do it. Um, but in regards to what we've been talking about, I just pulled up the DraftKings odds for Taylor's next team if he should not suit up with the Colts this season. And there are five teams currently under plus a thousand odds to trade for Taylor. You have the yeah. Dolphins at plus two fifty, mm-hmm. and they're the leaders. Uh, the I Bears are at plus four hundred. You have the Ravens at plus seven hundred. You have the Broncos at plus seven fifty, and then the Cowboys also at plus seven fifty. What? Um, Cowboys, I don't think make any okay. sense. They weren't able to pay Zeke. So why go out and pay a superstar running back to replace, essentially replace Tony Pollard, uh, who's going to be their workhorse back this year? So I would rule Makes out sense. the Cowboys entirely. Um, the Ravens one is kind of interesting, um, but I don't know what their draft picks look like. Um, being able to offer up to that one because I don't think that they're fully in on J.K. Dobbins uh, entirely. Um, so Jonathan Taylor would fit pretty nicely into that offense um, and kind of go along with what their new offensive coordinator and Lamar kind of want to do this year. Um, so that would be interesting. Um, but I think that's already what Chicago is running at the moment. And they for sure have the money and the draft picks uh, to trade for him. So I think they make the most sense. And Miami's just trying to go all in because this is their window is a little short. Uh, and who knows how healthy Tua is going to be forever. So I think they're just trying to go all in now, um, and who knows how, how well that can work out. So interesting that those are the leaders in the clubhouse. Um, I'm surprised that the Bills weren't on there, um, even though that they are pretty satisfied with with Mr. Cook. Um, I thought that I heard some some rumblings of them potentially being in the in the race for – Jonathan Taylor sweepstakes. Yeah, in the uh, books odds, the Bills are sitting at plus a thousand uh, to sign or to get Taylor, as well as the Bucks and Commanders are also at plus a thousand. Okay. So they were just below that. Interesting. Oh, that's gonna be interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, yeah, that's all I had. Um, screw Jim Mersey, Um and I'm kind of happy his orca died. Let's be real. <laughs> Losing Orca and Jonathan Taylor in the same week, man. He's he's taking L's left and right. It's pissing me off, man. It is so hard being a Colts fan for the last How's few years. How's your boy Pat hanging really in there? Tough. Like, is he is he still still being the spokesperson? He's yeah, he is. Um, but I think he's just you know making up for all the pain by smoking a shit ton of weed. Vitamins. So it's you know Pat's doing his thing. He keeps. Yeah, he's, you know, he's consuming vitamins on a regular basis and he's trying to do his thing um, and, you know, keep supporting the Colts as much as he can. But it's it's getting really tough to defend the to defend the front office with all the shit going on. I mean, we it's been a, a clusterfuck in Indy since Andrew Luck retired. So it's, you know, nothing's really changed. Nothing's gotten better. Um, we've had a few. Play- I mean, we the last playoff appearance we had was when fucking. Philip Rivers was behind center. So, I mean, it's, it's been a weird, it's been a weird, almost a decade 
So it's like, we got to figure it out sometime soon because it's getting, it's causing me mental health this problems. day in 2019 when Andrew Luck <laughs> walked off of a preseason field and retired. Fun fact. I laid on the floor yeah, for 30 minutes. That was a, after that was a really fun that. day. I remember exactly where I was. It was, uh, we were getting a spicy show you bowl with Rocek, uh, and he was face down because he drafted him the day prior, uh, in his fantasy league. Oh, yeah, we Jay Park getting shady, a spicy right? show you bowl. Yeah. Everybody yeah, really enjoyed that funny. moment but me. Rocek was right there with you. He was in pain. <laughs> For other I reasons, was but shocked. Dude, it was it came out of nowhere. I mean, it was just That's how it be. It hurt. Um mm-hmm. the other uh it was kind of a quiet de- uh news cycle in the NFL this last week. Um but the other um headline that I did find uh pretty interesting uh, just because of the ramica- ramifications um of everything around it was uh Trey Lance um and his situation in the uh the San Francisco 49ers, um, not even being labeled QB three. Um, it was no secret, uh, this preseason that Trey Lance, um, had ample opportunity, uh, to, uh, battle for that QB one spot and QB two spot, uh, over and over again. Um, and he's just been really bad this entire preseason, um, like over and over and over again. Um, it's really just in his head at this point. Um, I feel like everybody uh, knows that Trey Lance had ample talent uh, heading into this draft. That's why the Niners traded up for three first uh, to acquire Trey Lance. Um, Even though Shanahan still rumoredly wanted Mac Jones in that offense. Um, But I digress. Um, I just think that that pick um, leads to a lot of discussions of, how people will trade up for quarterbacks, um, especially uh, in a scenario where your boy, Anthony Richardson, um, could potentially not pan out um, because that is a very similar situation uh, in my eyes of a very inexperienced quarterback in college. Um, If he pans out for the better, great. He has as much talent as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and could very well help the Indianapolis Colts write their franchise. Um, and I'm rooting for him for your mental health sake alone. Um, however, um, I think that with this whole Trey Lance situation, I, uh, the, the NFL might take a little bit of a step back on these incredibly raw, talented quarterbacks that didn't get a lot of reps in high school. didn't get a lot of reps in college. Um, got, their season suspended because of COVID and then rolled their talents into the NFL. Um, That's what happened with Trey Lance. He was quite literally the most inexperienced um, quarterback um, to be drafted in NFL history. And then getting an injury on top of it, the year that he was supposed to get his reps and figure things out on his own um, in that offense with Shanahan leading the boat. Um, he just got hurt and he honestly looked pretty solid in those first seven games. So him going down, um, and then just being in his head, um, very similarly to how we saw Zach Wilson perform last, last year, um, throughout the year, just in his head, uh, can't make a decision to save his life. Um, both have rocket arms. Um, but playing quarterback is extremely hard and it's extremely hard mentally. Um, to make those reads in a difficult offense like Kyle Shanahan's. Um, so I just think that it, that situation in particular um, will have some ripple effects throughout the NFL. Um, I'd love to know your guys' thoughts, um, especially with my Anthony Richardson comparison. Um, not saying Anthony Richardson is Trey Lance in any means, um, but there are some similarities in their um, – in their profiles um, as um, prospects. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, I can definitely see where you draw the comparison between 
Trey Lance and Anthony Richardson. Um, I just, you know, they are definitely two inexperienced quarterbacks, but, you know, compare where they played. Uh, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Uh, Anthony Richardson was in, you know, SEC Florida. Um, so he definitely, you know, got higher level experience for as limited as it was. Um, and he's also bigger. I mean, Anthony Richardson's trying to play this season at 6'4", 245. So the dude's a monster when it comes to the quarterback uh, position. And, you know, Trey Lance, um, I was watching McAfee's show this morning and uh, Fitzmagic was on the show today. And he was talking about the situation and was saying, you know, he thinks Trey Lance still has the capability of to does. be an NFL starter somewhere. Um, he needs to he needs to, you know, get healthier with that leg and get his confidence back. And he was saying one of the main uh, takeaways from his performance in training camp and preseason stuff is that mm-hmm. his accuracy is way off right now. So he's got the facilities to do it. He's got the arm to do it, but dude's just not placing the ball. Um, I think, I think his time in the Bay is done. Um, I think he'll go somewhere else sometime in the near future. Uh, but he definitely still has the capacity and capability to be an NFL starter for a team. Um, he just, you know, needs to get back on that horse and figure it out. Um, but you know, it was like you said, with going back to Richardson and Trey Lance comparison, it definitely could happen. Um, I mean, it's definitely two similar situations. Um, there's just, you know, I think there's outliers on both sides that make Richardson in a better spot, but at the same time, you know, it's entirely possible. So it's, you know, pick and choose on it. Um, I'm disappointed for Trey Lance. Um, I thought he was going to be really good with the Niners from what we saw with, like you said, the seven games last season. He, I thought he was going to be decent for him. Uh, and you know, you snap your leg like that, it kind of makes it difficult. So, you know, I, I hope he kind of picks himself up and gets with another team here soon. But it's, you know, we can't, you know, short credit Sam Darnold either. He's a good quarterback, and I he struggled in Carolina, but obviously he's fitting in well with the Niners, and I think he – I was going to be surprised if he didn't get that QB too. Um I'm a little surprised Brock Purdy kept his QB one position through the preseason, but I guess he's, you know, keeping the uh, storyline going that he is good and that he is going to be a good quarterback for the Niners. Um, But, you know, it's, it's, you know, disappointing for Trey Lance either way, but yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out for him. It's really great. That's all I have to say. Go ahead, son. No, I was just going to say, both of you guys made some pretty good points. Um, as far as like the whole comparison with Anthony Richardson and Trey Lance, I see more uh, Trey Lance being, or let's let's start with Anthony Richardson. I see him more of like having a hot, hot start where he has very high highs. And when he has those lows, it's it's a very low, low. So I, I kind of see that career panning out from, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he does fucking phenomenal, phenomenal and you guys are able to find your QB1 for long-term. Um, I don't see too much of like a, a decline right off the bat. Like Trey has had, and I, for Trey's situation, I think he just lost a lot of confidence after the injury and showing that there's a stacked QB room right now. Uh, he, he's not the guy anymore. So that could do a lot to somebody's mental health there. So I think if he gets a new start, say somewhere like, you know, with the commanders or the Falcons, somewhere like that, say their guys don't work out. Um, I think he'd thrive with the right with the right OC and just to help him get back to where he he really has potential to be. I think Trey has a career in career in the NFL for sure. Um, he was drafted that high for a reason without having enough experience to even be there in the first place. Um, the skill sets the skill sets he has they're just they're just great. He, he's he's able to he's going to be able to get something going here soon. Um, Wish him all the best, but yeah, I think his time in San Francisco is completely shot. I wonder what happens throughout the season. I don't think he'll have a landing spot before the season starts, but uh, before, say maybe the trade trade deadline, uh, he he's he's got a spot. And I think two teams to just keep an eye on is Commanders and the Falcons. You got Sam Howell, you got Desmond Ritter. One of them probably not going to pan out. So. I think both we'll of those situations for him would actually be terrible. Um, 
I brought up Zach Wilson uh, for the reason of um, if you guys are watching Hard Knocks, um, he's looks like he's having so much fun now, uh, and he's gotten that like spark of liking football back. Uh, just having the time to just be under Aaron and actually having that opportunity to take things all in and not being thrown in right off and having all that pressure to succeed immediately. Um, Cause that was something with um, to argue against myself with my, uh, with my cautionary tale to Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson doesn't have the pressure of being um, extremely successful in their, in their first year. They're, for a lack of a better word, the Colts are a dumpster fire right now. So uh, for any production that Anthony Richardson gives them um, is a positive. Um, so that's the, so that's great off the start. Uh, they get to just primarily look at all the pros and get to work out the kinks. Um, Trey Lance had to be a Super Bowl contending quarterback right off the rip for how talented that uh, that roster was. Um, and that's why we mentioned last year, it was like what the Niners needed was a guy to be able to be incredibly smart and accurate, uh, and just deliver to the ball to their playmakers and be a game manager of sense. That's why I kind of still loved the Tom Brady to the, uh, to the Niners, uh, whole situation. Brock ended up being really good. Um, so I think personally, uh, where I heard rumblings uh, of where he would go is potentially like a Minnesota. Um, so he can have that opportunity to study under Kirk, you know, take some time um, and, you know, learn how to like football again um, and just be in a locker room and just be a guy instead of the guy. Um, so I think that would be very important for him um, just to just start over clean. Um, cause the Niners fans are ruthless and they are not a fan of, of Trey, uh, to no fault of his own because of how much they gave away to select him, uh, with their draft pick. Um, yeah, he just needs a, a fresh start. Um, and I think Minnesota would probably be the best spot, uh, eventually, um, you know, since Kellen Mond sucked and they let him go, let Trey Lance study under Kirk and, Learn how to like football again. Yeah, I never thought of that being a possibility, but yeah, that does make sense. I was only saying the Falcons and Commanders just for the sole reason is he would be the guy, you know, and learn the system and just get the reps going and uh, it would be his job right away. But I think, yeah, him taking a year under somebody's belt can really do a lot for him too, especially a guy like Kirk. So not a bad, bad Thanks. take. Um, that's all I have for the NFL headlines. Uh, did you guys want to throw out um, any fantasy advice while we're wrapping things up here? Uh, right while we're approaching that, uh, that 60 minute mark. Um, I mean, you know, most draft orders are set, so start doing mock drafts like a motherfucker and, you know, get yourself solid in where you're going to be because, you know, first round, you should probably have a pretty good idea or not be certain about who you're going to take already. And, you know, just work out the kinks, figure out where you're going to get guys at good value, Um, figure out what your team's going to need, where wherever that is, it's going to land um, in the draft order and. You know, just, you know, it's so like true. this podcast. You got to trust your gut and just draft the team that you think is going to be a winner. And like I said, um, for our, for like a, me, Devin, and Sterling, we're all in our fantasy league, and I've got the number two pick. And so it's pretty much locked in that I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey unless the, first, the guy who picks first is going to be stupid enough to let Justin Jefferson drop to me, which I doubt. But, you know, weirder things have happened, so. You get that first round out of the way, and then it's just you know kind of a free ball because you don't know what other else other people are thinking. You don't know who they're going to take, and you could think you know, but people surprise you. So just you know, do all the mock drafts, but when time comes, just do your thing, trust your gut, draft a winning team. Still, you got anything? 
Um, I, I not really. Yeah. I'm just still trying to figure out my strategy here too, as when it comes to draft. This whole draft is pretty damn stacked. I won't lie. Um, you know, some people take the approach of, oh, I'm going to take two running backs first and second round. Oh, this year I'm going to do because there's a shit ton of wide receivers. Um, I'm going to do two first rounds, the first two rounds wide receivers. I think both of them I'm just totally split on in what strategy is the best. And say for my sake, I got pick eight. God, that's the worst pick dude, in the draft this year. I'm so pissed that I have pick eight. <laughs> but absolutely. So right now it's really between Bijan and Kelsey. If I take Kelsey, you know that I still got to look for my two running backs and my two receivers. A lot of guys are going to take QBs, those top QBs in, you know, round three and, and four. And that's probably not going to be my range to get somebody like a Jalen Hurts. Or, so there's a lot of strategy to figure right. out. I'm curious to know what else other people are doing. Um, definitely going to be watching a lot of a lot of stuff. As you should. My mind uh, you need to bring your A game. Our league is extremely competitive, so uh, do what you can. Um, my only advice uh, is yep. uh, shout out the back end boys uh, of the draft. Uh, I'm pick 11 in our, in our league. Uh, and my only advice to um, people in that spot is uh, don't overlook Garrett Wilson. Um, the more and more I think about it, because um, it's going to be really hard for me to take him uh, if uh, at the 14th spot, because I don't think Garrett Wilson should go in the first round, um, but might as well. Uh, if you if you feel really good about him, go for it. I mean, it's your, it's your fantasy football team. Um, but don't overlook him in that second round at all. Um, the more and more I think about it, the more and more I feel like he looks like Devontae Adams' uh, level of route running and separation uh, and speed with paired with Aaron Rodgers in New York like three years ago. Um, he's the guy, um, and if you're the guy for Aaron Rodgers, um, you're going to be pretty fantasy relevant. So... Don't overlook Garrett Wilson. He, uh, him falling to the middle of the second uh, in most um, ADPs is kind of a steal in my eyes. Um, I'd consider taking Garrett Wilson over like an Amon Ross St. Brown, um, possibly even Devontae himself. Um, so just a little food for thought. Um, that's one guy that I'm, that I'm higher on than um, most particular boards in that situation. Um, but I don't think I'm going to be in a position to be able to snag him, unfortunately, because I think there's just going to be other valuable guys around that spot. In the He's second round, in my yeah. Right now, at that, uh, my next pick, that 16th. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll see, dude. I, I'm because it's either him or Amon Ra. It's one of those two receivers that are really in my range there in the second. So it's I. I'm glad you brought that up. It's, I think Amon Ra can go at the start of the second year unit. Like people are so high on Amon Ra. Um, I've seen him go like thirteenth yeah. overall. Um, just because people just because people love that Detroit oh, offense shit. so much. Like I've seen people with that last pick in the draft go like I don't know, uh Saquon Amon Ra. Like it could very well happen for a lot of people. Um and I wouldn't be mad at that if I had the 12th pick, um, but there's probably just other guys there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes up for those uh, back-end guys because I think the first like eight picks are pretty locked in uh, for most leagues in like a 12-man PPR setting. Um, right when it gets to eight is when I think the draft should get interesting and see who's willing to uh, reach a little bit and... Uh, and see how things play out. That's, That's sure. all I got. We'll we'll probably dive uh, deeper into it next week um, because we're doing our draft on the first, so we're we're gearing up for it. We're trying not to give each other uh, too much of our own uh, advice since we're going against each other. So it's pretty fun uh, trying to toe the line here. Um, while doing a podcast so um oh yeah 
thank you to everyone who decided to tune in today. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, join the Hawaii uh, hate bandwagon and uh, donate some money to uh, the Maui relief cause. Um, anything else you guys uh, have? I mean, trust your guts, man. Football's starting. Let's get the ball rolling here and believe in what you Sorry. got. Not much for me. Um, I am too. I'm just, I'm just so excited fun. for college football. That's it. Week right, zero. Everyone, have Let's a good go. one. Peace. God bless. Peace.